0: Speed once again it is Oh my goodness that is huge it's a white flag for the Cuban
1: Hi everybody and warm warm welcome to the Triple Jumpers podcast with me, Marcus Lumbar. Today I meet the Portuguese national record holder Patricia Mamuna. Patricia won the 2016 European Championships and finished 6th at the Olympic Games the same year with a still standing national record of 14.65 meters. Moreover, she has two more silver medals from the European Championships and she is a two-time NCAA champion in the triple jump. In this episode, we talk about all her big achievements, but we also go through how it is for a European to move to America to study and train. Now, let's start the ninth episode of the Triple Jumpers Podcast with Patricia Mamuna. Warm welcome to the Triple Jumpers Podcast, Patricia Mamuna. Thank you. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing fine. Just came from the vet with my cat. <laughs> um, yeah. He's doing fine, but I'm doing fine as well. So, everything is good right now.
1: Okay, and right now we're in the middle of the season, and you you competed as lately as uh, last weekend at the Portuguese uh, club championships, where you won with a wind aided jump of fourteen forty. Um, how has your season been so far?
0: Uh, my season has been a little bit uh, uh, troubly in sense of I'm not doing the right things that I'm being supposed to doing, like my my approach and my jump did not consistent. But this past two weeks, I managed to, um, to fix some issues. And I think I did it. And that's, that's why I'm being more consistent jumping at least over uh, 1430. But um, I mean, Comparing to last last year, which I didn't have really time to train, in, and then this year is like my comeback year. It's 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 okay. It's not perfect, of course. I wish I could do better, and I believe I'm going to do better. But um, it's early. It's not early in the season, but the season is going to be long. We still have two months um, to go, and um, in the regular plan this in august we we would be almost ending our season and right now i'm like in mid-season so so far it's 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 okay it's not perfect but it's okay and then um since i have some errors and i managed to fix them i hope i can jump way way better than what i'm jumping right now
1: yeah we hope so and if we start from the beginning you were born in lisbon portugal um, yes. and has sport always been a part of your life or when did you start doing sports and when did you start
0: with track and field? Uh, yeah, I always been like, uh, a, not a troublesome kid, but, but kinda always trying to do something very physical and, and playing the streets and, and doing things, like jumping without knowing I was actually jumping. Um, I don't know here in Portugal is quite common, um, Probably not now nowadays because of technology, but before, like when I was born, it was very common for us to be outside for a long period of time playing. So um, from since then, I've always been doing some some sports. I tried some karate, I tried some ballet. um, But then when I was uh, around 10, I went to um, secondary school. And um, they have like the physical education class that we are supposed to 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 do different sports and one of the major sports that would make my grades raise up for uh, like to have an a plus it was um cross country so that's how i started i did some cross country just thinking about my physical education grade because i really didn't like cross country uh but I ended up doing pretty well. I won the school um, school event. then I went to a district and nationals and I won all of those. So that's how track and field, but not track and field but cross country started. And uh, my coach was actually recruiting um, young athletes that used to do the, they used to win those kind of um, competitions. So um, he recruited me. And then I start doing track and field. And then I started trying some different events besides cross country. And then I started doing hurdles and long jump and throws. But I was very, very short athlete. So most of the people didn't want me to do neither jumps or um, throws. So I used to uh, run more and doing like more uh, hurdles and, and sprints. But then even the hurdles was hard for me because I couldn't even do three steps between the hurdles. No. But that's how yeah. I started. Like uh, for, it was like a cross country um, meet in school. My coach recruited me to go to a team, which is called Jama. I went to Jama and uh, that's how I started. But it was actually a funny story because um my my parents they didn't allow me to go train at drama. So I had to lie to them saying that I was going to study but I was going to um to train. But then something bad happened because I used to take public transportation without paying. I just wanted to go train. It was so much fun going onto the track and do uh hurdles and long jump and all that stuff that um one day I got caught and they called my parents um to the police and then I had to tell them, Well, I'm not going study in the library. I'm actually going to training. But everyone was like, Oh my God, all this time you being um saying that we going you're going to study and maybe training. Yeah, and then from that on my parents realized that I really like to do um track and field and I mean athletics. I don't know which one is better for you to say. But um since then they understood that I really like it. And they let me go, and then train, and then I start doing like competitions after that.
1: Yeah. So they let you train after after you got uh, caught. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And you you come from a background with a lot of different events, like you said, uh, being a cross country runner and doing hurdles. Um, do you think that has been good or bad for you, uh, if you look at your career right now?
0: I think it was really good because it, first of all, give me the sense of trying to figure out exactly what not only what I like but what I'm good at, and it also I think it gives you um a better base. Like you can be a m- a much more um multifunctional athlete, and when you think about triple jumping, there's so many variables to it that I think if I didn't have this um global. Um, formation in different uh, events, probably I wouldn't be able to it. But I think this—it it really depends on, um, on first of all, on one your opinion because some people think that specializing too early it's good, but I believe that doing so many events actually made me a better athlete. So, so I think it was good for me.
1: Although you did a lot of different uh, events. You showed great wrestles very early in, in the triple jump and you finished 7th uh, at the World Youth Championships in 2005 and 4th at the World Juniors in 2006. Would you say that, this was, that you had a, a lot of talent in the triple jump or did you work hard to achieve this?
0: Uh not at all. Like what I was doing at that age, it was purely fun. I never thought about like triple jumping as specialty. I never actually thought about track the field as a profession. I mean athletics as a profession. So it was just like a okay, I had the standards. It was good, it was fun. So I just wanted to go. Uh, I did also also the hurdles, but I guess I wasn't as good at the hurdles. Um but then it was like Oh, I, I think I was talented back then enough to, to make the world championship because I never really trained for triple jump. I only started training for triple jump actually in 2012 when I um, get my first medal in um, European championship, my super medal, and then when I went to the games. Because until um, 2012, I was in the United States and I was doing more hurdles than everything else um that i always wanted to do the triple jump because it was just my favorite event but like training wise since i was in the states i didn't have really good coaching coaching um so i never actually thought like triple jump would take me somewhere but then when i qualified when i got the medal and i qualified um for the olympics that's when i had the decision okay wait see, if i actually trained for triple jump I think something good can happen I think I can be way much a better athlete and then be a true Olympian because for me it was like going to Olympic Games of course was a dream but I wanted to go to a final so that's when the chip came on and I was like okay maybe I'm going to specialize in triple jump and that's what happened
1: yeah and um, if you go back to 2006 that was when you made a decision to go over to the United States uh, and to the Clemson University to yeah. s- to study and um to do track and field. Um what led up to that decision?
0: Uh my dad it was actually the biggest motivator. Um I was I was pretty good here in Portugal um at track and field, but then I went to medical school and Literally, medical school here is almost, it's very incompatible to do track and field because they demand you, demanding so much from you that some professors, they'd be like, you have to choose one. Either you're here 100% or you're not here. So I choose medical school and that year I wasn't really doing nothing in track and field that that would make, that would lead me to a great athlete. But then I had this um, opportunity to go to United States where they have like this system that they um, um, have like good athletes and good students. And then they allow to both sports and studies be, being compatible. Um, that was like, OK, this is a great opportunity for me to be able to do whatever is good for me as information and, and academic wise so i can i can be the doctor that i want to be and at the same time i can you know pursue my dream of being a better athlete so my dad was like when he was almost my age he had some similar opportunity but he didn't accept it and if if you, i feel like he kind of regrets the opportunity For missing this opportunity so he pushed me a lot to um and give me a lot of force and strength to to go to go to the states so um, since my dad was with me i was like yeah uh, i'll just do it if something bad happens i just come back and then finish my course in portugal so basically it was like the fact that i could actually do my academic and my um track and field at the same time that was like the main reason
1: yeah and um it's a lot of a lot of people that go from Europe or other continents to to train track and field and to study um, in America. And if you had any tips to them, uh, what would your tips be?
0: Uh, first of all, is trying to uh, actually study the school that you go into. Because um, I'm very pleased with the Clemson or whatever Clemson did to me. But, like, my first two years, they were the worst years of my uh, career as an athlete that was growing up. Um, I actually did worse... And um, my whole season, like my my first years in Clemson, they weren't good. It was mainly because the coaching wasn't good enough um, to to make me progress. So I actually thought about changing schools um, because you know I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't qualify for some events I wanted to. So make sure that you go into a school where they have like a good program. whatever event you're doing and then usually you can look at the roster and or whoever they have um that was national champion who went to a nationals or went went to an ncaa so it does a good start and and also like make sure you have like a a good connection um with the whole team because they're gonna make your life so much better and so much easier like my first three months uh the language was like a bit barrier for me and i choose like um not to talk because it was just so frustrating but then when i decided to okay let me make the errors i have to make and then i just gonna start talking to people and then decided that i want to speak to people um Everything just start getting better, and then start getting friends. And the fact that I was away from my family for everything that I was growing up to, my country. So making a family out there, it was like big, very, very important for me as well. So for me, like the two tips is like making sure like you you have a good um, a good team, and then make friends and someone to support you psychologically. And before you go to a school, make sure you know you're going for a good program, not only uh, academic wise, but also um, sport wise.
1: Yeah, and you, you talked about uh, the training uh, system and, and your coach. Um, you know, when Europeans go over to to America, a lot of uh, a lot of them have struggled with uh, the competition schedule. It's basically you compete from january to yeah May, yeah May uh, back
0: to back like almost every yeah every week. Uh,
1: was that a problem for you or how did you handle that
0: uh, my first two years it wasn't a problem for me but like i said i didn't do well so i wasn't really expired to go to bigger meets um, like europeans and uh, worlds but then i managed to um, make my, both my coaches, the coach that I have here in Portugal and my US coach, they kind of coordinate each other. And then to make like a plan that was suitable for me to go to some meets or the most important meets in the States and not making all of them like from since January. And then when I come back um, to Portugal during the summertime, do my main events um, in Portuguese nationals, Europeans maybe worlds so it was like really like the communication that make um, everything work between my coaches so we kind of make a plan where I could peak twice um yeah that's what worked for me on my last two years and I managed to go to Europeans managed to make it to finals I managed to be national um NCAA champion twice so yeah I think that was that was key
1: yeah, because you, you won the NCAAs both in 2010 and 2011. And uh, during these years, you also jumped over fourteen meters for the first time. And um, as you said, in 2010, you made the final at the European Championships. Uh, what's, what are your thoughts on, on your last two years uh, in college?
0: Uh, it was a big change of mentality. Um, that's when I started thinking about actually going to um, maybe uh, being a better athlete I, and then going professional because everyone was talking about it since I won like the first nationals okay maybe you can go professional but I was really just thinking focusing on finishing school um, uh, I got lost what's the question again sorry
1: yeah your thoughts on, on the last two years in, in college oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so that that year like i changed mentality i changed coach uh i was training with coach boogie johnson i don't know he's actually uh, coaching brianna rollins the hurdler oh yeah uh, yeah so we were yeah we were in the same training group so actually the whole training group improved um they made some bomb ass recruiting um kendra harrison was in the group queen harrison was in the group everyone like uh, who big in in the hurdles um was training um in clemson so by having that those kind of people training with you but i was like i said i was doing hurdles more than actually i was doing triple jump but i wasn't really good at hurdles on their level but it's something that i didn't wanted to do either like i wanted to triple jump so i guess the factor that um i wasn't passionate about it it made me not have uh, put as much effort um in the hurdles but the whole group was was amazing and we started thinking more professionally and then the coach was giving like literally telling us that we all of us we could be um top elite athletes so like my 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 mind changed quite a lot in those last two years that's when coach johnson came to clemson and from then on everything just started getting better and then you know, I was very proud winning nationals was something that I didn't um, thought about it until um, my coach, um, Coach Johnson, made me actually believe in it. So I think like the change of mentality was like a big key. And then it was uh, the main thing that actually um, put me out there and what made the last two years of college much, much better.
1: After you graduated, you started to re- jump really far, and at the Portuguese Championships in 2011, you jumped 14.42, which is really a world-class performance. And um, this also gave you the ticket to the World Championships in Daigo later that year. Um, how did it felt to jump that distance and compete at your first global championships at a senior level?
0: Uh, it was of of course it was amazing but um, my coach was like uh, my coach in portugal he was very very excited for me to actually stay in portugal and train for triple jump um, because i came from the states even though i wasn't training triple jump i came from the states extremely strong and fast but i just didn't have the technique and for triple jump technique it requires you to jump you have to jump like you have to um to have some jumping volume to, to be able to jump, at high level all the time. Um, so everyone was very excited. I was very, very pleased. I had like, like the bad luck of Diaguga. I got sick because I went to the university games and I got sick in China. So I was in antibiotics and I went to Diaguga. I was very excited but at the same time. I was very, very sad because I was felt, I was feeling extremely weak. Um, I still um, managed to go, but obviously I didn't perform well. But just being there it was—it was for me like an eye-opening, and then I was watching like the biggest stars at the time triple jumping, and they were um, the people that I look for to be one day. So I was very pleased to 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 have like um, to see with my real eyes like the best triple jumpers in the world. So it was really good.
1: After Daigo you started focusing more on the triple jump in in your training and um, in 2012, as you said before, you won the silver medal at the European Championships in Finland and uh, you jumped a new national record of 1452. Uh, It must have been uh, a fantastic feeling of achieving that.
0: Yeah, it was, and when I think about the situation, it was, I, I don't know, I'm very, like, my immune system it just acts really funny every time I'm outside of Europe, even in Europe, but I got sick as well two days before the, the final, um, and so everyone was like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen, but the fact that, like, I managed to not think about my disease or whatever, my sickness, um I managed to jump so it was like very, very, very good um for me to be in the podium. It was like something I actually wasn't expect expecting, um, due to the conditions. But the fact that I did it so easily and I was so consistent on that on that meet because even the qualification I qualified like with a BQ and, and it was like fourteen forty two and it didn't it, didn't, it wasn't that hard of a jump, and then I was um, not actually thinking about it. It was so natural that I was extremely, extremely happy, of course, thinking about whenever I feel 100% refreshed, I'm going to jump further. Um, but I don't know if it happened uh, after, or I, I think I had my 1452 for a while after that. I'm not sure. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. You had it until two thousand sixteen. You jumped uh, fourteen fifty eight. Oh yeah. Yeah, but we're we're going to talk about that later, um, because in two thousand twelve you also made your first Olympic Games um, in London. How did it feel to become an Olympian?
0: Yeah, th- I think the the first my first Olympics were they were like the most. Nerve, nerve-wracking competition I ever had. Um, it was. It was so. I guess I wasn't psychologically prepared for the competition. I showed a lot of pressure. Um, just the fact of being in the stadium, I was just that nervous. My heart was beating extremely fast. I couldn't have actually think straight and focused. Um, I didn't make it to the finals for one centimeter. um even though I know now like uh, one of the girls got stripped from the final so I technically should be in the final but maybe would be everything would make everything different but that doesn't matter anymore but it was like a nerve nerve nerve-wracking experience for me but it was the thing that actually after it happened I was like okay I think I'm going to Come back to Portugal for sure, and I'm going to specialize in triple jump because it feels good to be Olympian, but it doesn't it didn't feel good not to making it when I know I'm capable of making it. So that gave me like extremely motivation um, to to change my life and then come back from the states and then for sure and stay in Portugal and start um specializing in triple jump.
1: Yeah, and um, the following year in in 2013. You couldn't really repeat what you did the year before, and you only had one competition over fourteen meters in in two thousand and thirteen uh now looking back at this uh why do you think you couldn't perform so good in
0: 2013? uh I had a, a lot of issues in my back when i once I started actually jumping quite a lot, my body wasn't just uh wasn't used to, and I struggle a lot with back problems actually i've been struggling with back problems for quite quite a long time now except for last year that i had my knee problem but this year i'm back um, my back is it's completely fine but back then it was extremely extremely hard and um, i've been going to all types of treatments but none of them they seem to to work and um, and because of that, like I couldn't train. Obviously, when you cannot train properly, you cannot perform properly. So basically, that's that's what it happens. But back then, of course, we didn't have social media, for example, to explain our problems. People really don't know exactly what's going on. But that basically what will happen. Um, it's amazing basically injuries, and it wasn't actually an injury because until today, I don't know exactly. What it was, I know I have some uh, hernia, but it's very small, and I don't believe that is the cause. But what we did in training was actually changing some exercise that would aggravate my back problems. Um, till today, there are some exercises I just cannot make because um, they may they may bring my back problems back again.
1: Yeah, but you you don't have the problems anymore.
0: Uh, No, I mean, my training, of course, there's a lot of things that regular triple jumpers do and I cannot do, but we're trying to find some other exercises that might do um, the same result, but it's it's working. Like, I don't have any back problems right now, so. And in
1: 2014, you were back in good shape and you finished uh, fourth at the World Indoors jumped good at several Diamond League meets. And in 2015, you did a lot of competitions uh, beyond 40 meters as well. Um, tell us about your seasons in 2014
0: and 2015. Uh, I don't even remember exactly. But I think what... Um improved out there was consistency it was because my technique was more consistent and when i realized that if i can 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 manage to put some speed into the jumps um i always going to jump over 14 meters because when i first when i the first time i jumped 14 meters it was like something very impossible like oh my god i can't believe i jumped 14 meters but then it was just so normal and then I, w- I had like to figure out like a way to make it consistent. And um, once I reached that level, because because I think that's what happened in 2014 and 15, I was more um, um, more relaxed and then thinking about um, going to the next level. It's like now like I'm in this comfort zone I kind of know what I'm supposed to do to at least jump 14 meters so now we have to start thinking about the little things that's going to make me improve centimeter by centimeter and that's what happened in 2016
1: yeah because uh, in 2016 if if it wasn't a breakthrough in 2012 2016 was really the year you, you made your breakthrough and uh, you jumped another national record at the european championships this time with 1458 but no one jumped further than you there and you won the european title Uh, describe the feeling of becoming a european
0: Uh, it's very hard to describe everyone asks (laughs) about because it's it's something you just have to be there especially if you if you're not expecting um, when I think about the actual competition, I wasn't doing very well. I think my best jump was fourteen thirty eight and I was like in the fourth place. But then it comes to the point that you'll be like, Okay, either I go home with a fourth place or I just you know, I have two more tries and I just do whatever I have to do. Don't even think about what coach is saying. Just, you know, jump with your heart and and see what happens, and that's what happened. It was like really like being a zen mode that I don't even remember. Cause I remember like when I finished, my coach was like, "This is exactly what you're supposed to do. This is exactly what I've been telling you to do." And I was like, "I don't even remember what I did," cause it was so much emotion. It was so I was such in a zen mode. Everything would just just happen so naturally that I guess I just did it right. And it was just incredible. Like, I was so excited. And I'm a very controlling person. But at those times, you just let, like, your emotions, and your true emotions come outside. And it just just pure happiness. And then listening to your national anthem is, like, the best feeling in the world. I, I was just so lost. Like, I don't know if I should cry, if I should laugh, if I should jump. It was just so much emotions coming out. And then... It was it was such a beautiful moment, not only for me, but like for for my country, really, because even in my country, people start actually thinking, looking at not only triple jump but like um, athletics. So it's like nowadays here in Portugal, everyone knows triple jump. Before people knew as well because Nelson Evra um, yeah. was the only champion, but then it got a little bit forgotten. Because he he be um, having some problems and then he was a little bit out of competition and then come back again. Um, Patricia Mamon and then I would start doing um, more stuff in schools with kids. So like everyone nowadays, at least here in Portugal, knows um, triple jump. So I was very pleased about that too.
1: Yeah, and the the competition there at the European Championships, it was it was very good for Portugal as. As you had uh, Susana Costa finishing fifth, also. So.
0: Yeah, and then and also on that day, the soccer team won the European, the football yeah. team. Yeah. The so Euro- the same day, so it was like oh. the day of sports. And yeah. Everyone was super excited and very proud to be Portuguese.
1: Yeah, yeah. And after winning the European Championships, you went to, went on to jump fourteen sixty five another national record and 6th place at the Olympic Games in Rio. What are your thoughts on your performance there?
0: I I think my performance was okay, to be honest, because um, I was extremely ready to do a big PB, and I felt it in my guts, but it, it just didn't happen. Like You can feel it, but you have so many things going on at the same time. And I'm not saying I was not lucky, because... For example, um I was when I was jumping, bolt was running and then I wanted to ask people for clapping and they couldn't clap because the whole stadium was um in silence. And then I was like yeah. almost arguing with the judge, saying like whenever there's um runnings going on, you you're supposed to put a red flag and then um to let us, you know, cooperate with the public. Things like that happened during the competition. But you know, I cannot control that. I just have to go there. My job is go there and perform, and I was actually very, very hyped to 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 do a big PB, which was a PB. But I knew I could make much, much better. But it didn't happen. So I still have to be pleased because I work for always for to be better than I was before, and that was my best. So I was very proud about about that. But it just had this bitter, this bitter side, this, this, this feeling that I could have done better. And since I cannot do anything about the past, I have to do it now. So I just, I just decided, okay, let's, we got four more years to do, to do better. And then let's, let's do it.
1: Yeah. And it must have been a little bit frustrating to know, you know, as you said, you, you knew you could jump really far, but uh, and you were only nine centimeters off of the medal. So it must have been a little bit frustrating.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't call it, well, frustrating. I feel like frustrating is a strong word. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's definitely. I mean, I, I still have now because there are so many competitions I've been doing. Because when every time I talk to my coach, we are so sure that I'm a better athlete than I was ever, ever before. And I just didn't have the moment where i can actually um show my true potential but the thing is that gives you motivation and drives to keep going because and it gives you like a, a sense of um believing that something's going to happen maybe you don't have to actually worry about when of course i would want it to be at the major competition like worlds and olympics but i just have to be patient because we i think we're doing the, a good job and then I think I'm better at it than I've ever been so it just it's, it's, when time is right I think things will happen so I try not to think about negative as thinking frustrating I try to make that kind of feeling making a positive way and then trying to change in a way that motivates me and drives me to to do better
1: okay that sounds good and um, and in 2017 after finishing uh, second at the European Indoor Championships, you had a uh, knee, knee surgery uh, later uh, that year. Uh, why did you have to do that and how did you came back from the surgery?
0: Yeah, it was like uh, I was having just uh, knee knee pain and we have doing a lot of treatments but we couldn't figure out exactly what it is. But again, to the point that one day I just woke up, my knee was all swollen and I couldn't walk because it was swollen both sides, the front and the back of my knee. So I had to rush to the hospital to remove the um, the liquid that of the inflammation and then I um, did an exam and then we figure we saw actually I had like a bit of cartilage that broke off I'm assuming that's due to impact and jumping which is I think is common it's quite common in jumping um, your cartilage just um, runs out um, that's basically what happened but it didn't run out slowly it was like a big chunk of cartilage it just it just came off and it was actually between my tibia and my hotula. So anytime I tried to straight my leg, I couldn't, so I had that surgery, and um in that year, basically the doctor said I would be off like but I psychologically it didn't it didn't went well on me because you know I was European champion and I wanted to defend my title in 2018 so um whenever i felt like i could jog that's what, when i said i could the, i mean the doctors i'm going to jump i feel great i mean i can't jog i think uh, i can make it in two months and make it to the to the team i managed to make it to the team but obviously i didn't jump well i have to be my top top because even the triple jumpers that they got the medals they they were at their best and and was it was a really good competition. But I took my shot. I went there to defend my title because I think it was like a honorable way. Um, But yeah, basically that's what happened. My knee, my cartilage just broke. I just removed the cartilage, kinda, kinda uh, put some. It's kind of like I put some makeup on my knee on the pole that the cartilage piece came off because um, if I was going to do like a definite, definite. Um, surgery I probably have to be one year to two years off so I didn't want that because I have Olympics and and right now it's like my biggest competition and being two years off, off track to me it's, it just doesn't feel right I, I just like it this so much it's like it's 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 my life and then it's like taking the only thing that you like and then you start thinking okay what I'm going to do next so I just had a lot of motivation to come back and this year the indoor I was so so motivated and uh, I end up doing an indoor PB which I believe I could have done better but it didn't happen but it's okay still have next year and then the afternoon and <laughs> I still have the future in front
1: Yeah, I saw you, you did a very very long foul in this indoor season in competition in Germany, I think, or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah. Or one of
1: them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this outdoor season, um, you've uh, your season best so far is fourteen thirty seven. Um, how does your competition schedule look ahead, and what are your goals for for the rest of the season? Uh,
0: my goal is definitely definitely the ultimate goal for this season um right now like i said i've been having like some problems um with my approach uh connecting my approach to my jumps but i I guess i i i end up fixing that so now it's like making my um my shape growing up slowly to be at my top level in 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 doha I'm going to have some competitions. I'm not sure if I'm going to um, to the European cl- um, national teams, like the, um,
1: the European Team Championships. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because I'm having just a slightly problem on my uh, on my heel. It's nothing big, but it's quite common in triple jumps, and I just feel a lot of pain. It's a little bit inflammated, but it's not. The doctor said it's nothing to to be actually worry about I just need like some days off and and some ice and, I'll, and some treatment I'll be fine but because of that I'm not sure if I'm going to compete up there I'm just um, waiting uh, to see how my heel recovers yeah, and it's uh,
1: it's next week isn't it
0: yeah 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 yeah. 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 I have like still the, the weekend to, to to see how how it recovers and if I feel any pain or not yeah Then I have some more competitions. I think we have the Portugal, Spain. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do any more Diamond leagues. Um, But I actually training-wise, I'm very like uh, I trust a lot my coach. And then each month we just reunited together and then see what's going to happen. But since my coach is not here this week, um, I don't know exactly what competition I'm going to make. Um, yeah. next month but I know I'm going to be training camping um, right before um, worlds in Turkey yeah. Turkey yeah I'm going to be there um, training camping but um, composition wise we have I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be competing. I just don't know exactly where.
1: okay um and if we look at the women's triple jump this year it's it's very tough. Uh, We have a lot of women around 14.50 meters or something like that, around that. And it's very hard to predict a competition beforehand. Um, What do you have to say about the competitive nature of the women's triple jump right now?
0: Yeah, it's definitely growing. And then it is good. I like you like that because when I, I remember when I was young and I used to look the olympics for example and in beijing we have like five girls jumping over 15 meters and it seems insane it seems so crazy awkward that how was that possible and now i'm seeing that it's possible like because the level the whole triple jump level everywhere it's not only europe that's going up it's america going up even though the asians they used to be um, triple jumping they're not anymore i think asia is the exception but every everybody else is is jumping um, and this helps. I think everyone getting better, which makes the competition way much more interesting. Obviously, I have a goal, and it's not only um, to compete and and be, do national records and do PBs, but it's also to be a top elite, at top major event, doing good and winning medals and and being at the top. Um, but the fact that it's harder um it also kind of gives more value to the competition i don't know if you understand like if you actually win like for example a medal, it's going to feel so much better because you know for sure that you are really good at what you're doing in whatever job whatever work you was doing it's it was the best it was it was really good yeah. So the whole competition, it's 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 on fire right now. But it's not only triple jump females; it's triple jump males and some other competitions. So I think like this, there's been some um, changes, changing change in in training and planning and coaching, and that that happening worldwide. That's making track and field overall much better. So, I'm very pleased about that too because I remember like when I first started doing triple jump, I I even didn't know what a biomechanic was. And now I have biomechanics at practice, looking at my jumps, analyzing my jumps, look at angles, and you know, using actually technology um, to make um, the performances being better. And I guess everyone is realizing that. You know that's the key, and then for example, I know now that more and more than ever, the triple jumpers are actually becoming sprinters. They like they're going so much faster than before, like so so much faster. And when I realized that too, my coach would be like, you know, you, in order for you to do big big PB, you have to be fast. You just have to go. And that's something I was looking at um, my competitors, and that's something that I'm trying to change about my jump. It's like, you know, jumping at higher speeds. So, and then distinct of technology as well and social media, we see videos all the time. You guys promote a video all the times. It, it is a tool for us as well to study, to study our competitors, whatever they're doing that's making them jump far. You can look and then study with them. So it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And um, that's happening all over the track and field. I mean, if you look at so many different events, everyone is raising their level, time after time after time. It's. I mean, uh, I saw a post just the other day on the men's uh, shot put. There is like six or seven people over 22 <laughs> meters this yes. year, and it, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> if we. Talk a little bit about training. Also, um, who's your coach and who's your training partner partners right now?
0: Okay, my coach. Uh, his name is José Uva. Uh, he used to be a, 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 and still is a physical um, education physical education teacher. That he had this passion for track and field, and then when he started, actually. Training some kids, I was one of the kids that he actually recruited me, and literally we grew up together. My coach was never a triple jump coach; um, he just decided to learn about it because he figured that I was good at it, and he wanted to make me um, a good athlete as well in triple jump. So even though I was training, for example, in in the states, he always trying to figure. My coach was here in Portugal, um, trying to figure out like a way to make me jump better the like the few months that i used to um be here in portugal Uh, my training mates um, none of them are actually elite athletes we have a really small group Um, we are six Um, i prefer actually training uh, with a small group um, because i don't know i like like attention i like attention i like to be focused so uh, my training groups um there are three boys and uh and um sorry four boys and one girl and, and the girl she's actually a long jumper so we have like long jumpers and triple jumpers there's one triple like a true triple jumper there's uh, uh two people who do triple jump and long jump and then the girl does the long jump even though sometimes she do she do the triple jump but the, the group is basically uh triple jumpers and long jumpers and uh, I don't know if it's worth telling their names, because um, they, they, they're young and um, they're not in the European level yet.
1: Okay. Um, and right now you're in a competition period. Um, how does a training week look like for you this time of the year?
0: Um, let's say, for example, that I have a competition on the weekend. So the competition itself, I would count that as a, for example, let's say I'm gonna jump on a Sunday. So Sunday will be my first day of practice and I'll I'll be considering that as a jump practice. The day after I don't have a day off, the day after I do some uh, lifting, some weight lifting, and then I I rest. I rest and then when I start like the, because we do like periods of three practices, one day off, three practices one day off sometimes three practice one day off and two days practice it really depends on the competition but after the competition competition always consider a jump day then I do lifting and then a day off and then the day after I do jumping again the day after I do um, either lifting or sprint and the day after I do either sprints or lifting so basically it's three days training one day off uh, the day before the competition, I do like a little activation. Usually, it's a, like a short secret of um, weightlifting, or I do some approaches. Okay. It's really ch- it's it changed a lot. It depends how my body um, function uh, or how my body is feeling. If I'm really tired, if not tired. And then the volume it changes based on what type of competition. If it's an important competition, I'm not going to do much volume. If it's some important competition, if it's not an important competition, I'm going to do more volume.
1: In between the sessions, what do you do in order to, for your recovery? And do you have any recovery routines and, and so forth?
0: Yeah, I do have recovery routines and also depends on what practice I'm having. Um, I can go, for example, from massage to um, some diva, which is like a magnetic, uh, it heats up like the muscle and it raises the temperature of the muscle, which helps um, the blood circulating better, which helps recovery. Uh, also, after, for example, gym practice, I always have to do ice. And uh, and or um, the boots, you know, the compression boots. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah like Nor- yeah. normatec or recovery pumps or something yeah. like that. Yeah,
0: I also do um, once a week cryotherapy, which is like a is like a a big room, which is really really cold. Is like negative a hundred. I don't know what's actually temperature but like you stay there for 3 minutes and then you come off it's like it's like ice but without ice
1: Yeah it's, it's like, like the it's a very cold air or something like that
0: Yeah 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 I do all that uh, also um once a week and then physio because we always have, always have physio either before and after practice because we have one physio in the practice so whenever i have some tightness i go to physio do some manual sometimes i have to I have to do some ultrasound whatever it depends on if i have any um issue so basically it's that and the massage of course
1: yeah and when you're not training what what do you do when when you're off track
0: when I'm off track, I tend to actually stay home. I like to catch up on some series on Netflix. Yeah. Um I tend to um to go for example to my boyfriend's family and, and have dinners sometimes with my friends to to just to drink a coffee. But usually my days off I try to rest as much as possible because I know the next day I'm going to be um training again. And um yeah. It's very very chill. Don't do, don't do much during during the day, but what I'd rather to do is just stay home. <laughs> yeah, really.
1: To finish it off, we have some questions from our followers. Okay. Uh, so David Breda wants to have your opinion on the. Current state of Portugal athletics, like clubs, events, and, and training methods, etc.
0: Okay, I think uh, the track and field in Portugal could could have done, could have done way way better than what we are right now. Um, I think it's also because of the clubs, uh, because here in Portugal right now we only have two big clubs, which is Benfica and Sporting and once they have like the best athletes um the other athletes they're not as good they they usually tend to quit track and field because they don't have the finance or someone to back them up with finance to do track and field so that's not that doesn't help the actually sports to 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 grow because even sponsorship is extremely hard to get in portugal um so majority of the athletes that are not like the the best in the country, they tend to quit because they have to get a job, they have to finish school, and track and field just takes so much time of their lives, and they're, they're not getting any reward from it. So they tend to quit, and then that's sometimes it's like a waste of talent because just because you're not number one doesn't mean that you can be better than the number one, but you already can come them out. I mean, cutting them out so that's that's one of the problems we have um and also like the media and actually that's one thing i'm very happy about it like about my performances because people are getting more inspired to do track and field we know here in portugal soccer is like the main event everyone has to be or not everyone is going to be cristiano ronaldo and there's some other sports not only just athletics but so many other sports that people could do, but people are just not inspired because they don't know about it. And and I think, like, the media in Portugal, it's not really helping. Thankfully, we have this Patricia Mamona for example, who yeah. actually inspire a lot of youngest who text me all the time. They send me DMs, they expire, they, they want to do jumps. And I, I get actually very, very happy every time I hear... And I get a message from a kid that that got inspired um, by what I do. But it shouldn't be my work. I think it should be the media work. It's like they actually want to um, have like a Portuguese team that win medals at the Olympics because when it reaches the Olympic Games, everyone is demanding medals but nobody supported progress. I mean the process. So how can you have medals if the work that you have to do between you have like no, no um support? So that's that's something that we lack off. Even though it's getting better, it's not on the level of some so many countries. If you actually want to compete against them. Uh, but the good thing in Portugal is that we have like a, um, I think is a country that it because is has a lot of. Different colonies, um, because Portugal back in the day, uh, um, he they they went to African and have this African jeans and uh mixed with Portuguese jeans because Portuguese people they 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 know, and for example, have three Olympic medals in um in um in France, so long France. So we have those genes mixed with the colonies. I think is a great potential for um, to be a country that has much much more athletes of high level, but we just don't don't our system, our like school system is it doesn't work properly. I sometimes I go to schools and I see kids with the extraordinary talent. But I know they're not going to do anything with it because nobody invests in them. Nobody. There's no um, follow-up in schools and clubs. It's, it's, it's something that I think if we could actually improve that, the whole level, the whole Portuguese level would improve. So we have, the, I think we have the talent. We just didn't have, like, people actually pick that talent and make it grow and um, make it make it better i don't know what else he asked but that's yeah. the problem. It's like
1: yeah i think yeah. it's a good answer um and then victoria lendal asks what what would you say is one of the most crucial things to focus on in the triple jump to jump farther
0: well it i don't know like for for me it's hard to say something like that because I usually have to look at the person and to see what the person is doing. And then, But for me, for example, one thing I used to do all the time, it was looking down. And it was something so small that if you just look straight up, for example, when you're jumping, you, automi- you automatically will jump further because you're not putting your center of gravity in front of you. So, just the fact that you're looking straight and looking to a goal that is further than you instead of looking down or looking at the track or looking at the, uh, the board, uh, even though sometimes you have to look at the board because you have to make sure that you don't foul, but if you, if you manage just to look straight, I think that that kind of helps you to jump further. But I think the goal to triple jump is really going fast. Like, the fastest you go, obviously you have to manage to jump at that speed, but... The fastest you go, the, probably the furthest you, you will jump.
1: Yeah. Okay. And the very mm-hmm. last question is, who do you want to see as a guest in the Triple Jumper's podcast?
0: Who I want to see as a guest? Uh, let me see. I would love to hear Ivar Gwen.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Because, you know, um, I really do like... Like the type of competitor she is and I would love to understand what's going on in her head or what does she think um, when she jumps especially when I, for example I don't know if I should say that but I don't see Gwen as a um, a technique professional or whatever, a triple jump professional I feel like she has her really her own style but she always make it work <laughs> like whenever she's like in, a, in the middle of a situation that Nobody thinks she's going to jump, she just do like this crazy jump and she ends up winning the competition. So, I would love to see, um, to hear, um, Ibargan, Catherine Ibargan.
1: Yeah, does she, does she speak any English?
0: I, I don't think so. Oh. So, probably <laughs> you guys have to find uh, someone to translate.
1: Yeah, probably she speaks speak, uh, Spanish.
0: Yeah, yeah, she yeah,
1: does. yeah. Okay, we will see if we can fix that. And okay, thank you so much for taking part. It was such an honor to have you here and it was really nice to hear your story. And I think a lot of people will have good use out of this episode. So thank you and good luck in the future.
0: Yeah, thank you for the invitation and keep up with the good work. I'm liking this.
1: I think that was a very interesting episode. It was nice to hear from a European that have traveled across the Atlantic Sea. Uh, you know, a lot of people do that, but it, it was very interesting to hear about Patricia's experiences from from her time in college. And um, I also think she had a lot of good thoughts on uh, her career and her training. Um, so it, it was a nice episode, I think. Um, now, if... If you want to get in touch with us, uh, just send an email to infotriplejumpers.com and uh, don't forget to check out our social media accounts and our website for more awesome triple jump content. Uh, we're soon back with another episode. Until then, have a good time. Bye.
0: Tremendous speed once again. It is, oh my goodness, that is huge! It's a white flag for the Cuban pour la postérité ah